What's up, people? Welcome back to the BCMA Podcast. That's the Black Clover Martial Arts Podcast. It's your boy, Lucky, from Lucky's Muay Thai. And I am stoked that the gym has been open a few days. We've had a great response. People are booking classes left and right. I'm super happy about that. I'm looking forward to see where this goes. I mean, I think we're getting a huge response. Obviously, there's going to be a spike, which is kind of odd because it's summer. And can we talk about the heat? So one of the strangest things I noticed going back to the gym was when we all went into hiding, it was uh, early in the year. I mean, basically. And then when we came out of hiding, it was 100 degrees outside. So uh, immediately, uh, even with the new fan, the gym is a sauna. But, you know, we'll get used to it over time. We didn't have time to acclimate, but we're going to have to acclimate pretty quickly. Uh, so let's talk about uh, what's been going on with the UFC and the fighter pay. Let's talk about fighter pay. So if you are looking to get paid by doing MMA or fighting, somebody told me a long time ago that the money is not in the fighting. The money is in the promoting. You want to put the asses, get the asses in the seats, and that's how you get paid. So yes, you can make money as a fighter, but usually it's only the top tier fighters that are getting paid. And part of the reason why there's such a huge discrepancy between like the top tier guys and the other guys is because everybody's an independent contractor. They are not um, like a league, like the NFL, NBA. They don't have a union for the fighters. Um, the Ali Act was not extended to them. Um, they haven't fought for it hard enough. If you ask me when people are trying to put unions together, you know, there's always some pushback on it or who's organizing it. And all of that may be a real thing. But ultimately, they're going to have to pull together in order to make it better for themselves and for future fighters. If you're if you've been fighting for 20 years and you're still, you know, looking to try to make what you're really owed, then that's a problem with the system and not necessarily with each individual fighter. Um, clearly, back when the UFC started uh, and and as they started to progress, they were offering a decent amount of money. But it was if you. If you win, if you show, you make this much money. And if you win, you make this much money. And that's maybe understandable at the beginning when there's not a lot of money to be had. And also maybe an incentive for people to fight a little harder. I'm not sure if there's even any science really that shows that. However, it's a new day. Um, they're making millions. They're a global entity. There's putting fights on all over the world. They make a ton of money. They, they got, uh, um, they got sold by the Fertitas for $4 billion. Clearly, the company is worth more and makes more than what they are um, showing their fighters in love and pay. So I would urge you, as a, if you're a fighter, especially if you're an amateur, you need to start this now. First of all, you have to create some worth and some value for your for your skills. And that's the first thing you need to do is have some skills. So you need to make sure that you're applying yourself in the gym so that when you get out there and you get an opportunity to perform, you do so at the highest level that you're able to at the point you are in your career, if that makes any sense. Asses in seats. So your performance will oftentimes urge the promoter to book you again and ask you or ask you at least if you want to be on another show. The more you do that, the more you perform, the more they want you on a show. Now, here's the other thing. You also need to be selling tickets. So you have to ask the promoter for extra tickets and you have to get out in the streets and sell some tickets. The more tickets you sell, the better you perform, the more times you're going to get an opportunity to fight, the more times you're going to get to showcase your skills. 
now. When they put that microphone in front of you, there's your time to really show who you are as a person. Now, whether you want to get out and shit talk or you want to just go up there and say some, some, you know, my opponent, thank my opponent and all that stuff, whatever it is, at that point in time, you're trying to gain fans. You're also trying to show the promoter that you can possibly be a face for whatever organization it might be. And you also have to understand that when you get ready to become a pro, there's not a lot of management for people just starting out, but you need to be looking at getting people around you and a team around you of people that care about you, that make that have your best interests in heart, which brings us to this. What are your best interests? What are you trying to do? Are you trying to be the world champion, best uh, MMA fighter or whatever fighter of all time? If that's the case, then you really need to be prepared for it. I just got through listening to uh, the JRE podcast with uh, Cejudo and listening to him talk about the science and how many people are on the team and everybody does this and plays their part. That's huge, especially when you have those resources. You may not, but you have to use whatever resources that you have to the utmost of your ability in order to make sure that you are getting the best that you can get for your time. And also that you're showcasing who you are uh, and your skill level and that people are out there pushing that and helping you achieve what you want to get to. Unfortunately, uh, people often time I hear a lot of young people, oh, I want to get to the UFC. I want to get to the UFC. And that's because I believe they think it's uh, it is the biggest organization because of name. Right. But. One championship is also a huge organization and they're doing multiple kinds of fights in cages in front of huge audiences and they pay well as far as, you know, the word is coming out of there. They take care of their fighters. They're, they're on a different, uh, idea of how things should be run. Better or worse, it's different and it's an opportunity to go somewhere else. Uh, in 2018, uh, shout out to MMA, MMA guru for these numbers. In 2018, 187 of I think it's 600 some odd ro uh, fighter roster in the UFC made a six figure salary. <sighs> 187 of them made a six figure salary. So if there's 600 people and 187 are making a six figure salary and you're thinking of going into fighting because you're going to make some sort of ton of ton of money, you have to also consider that your coaches need to be paid, that you might have injuries, that all of your own bills need to be paid. This is a huge, huge undertaking. And I'm not saying don't do it. I'm saying that if you're going in it just for the money, then you need to be 100% prepared that you get what your value is. Don't sign long-term contracts that don't value you and don't give you an opportunity to upgrade that contract or change that contract along the way or that you can get out of within a couple of fights so that you can get a new contract or look elsewhere. The uh, average income for the UFC is $138,000, um, but that's only average because you had fighters like, you know, Conor McGregor or, or the John Jones. Those guys are making so much more than the than the other fighters that it can average out to $138,000 per fighter when in actuality, I think they're they're probably making forty five dollars or something like that average on the year. So. Um, Again, if you want to get out there and make some money in fighting, you're going to have to do a few things. And also, you're going to have to look long-term. It can't just be about the actual fighting because that is short-lived. You could for sure be an elite talent and get out there and really, really blow the doors off. But if you're not that, then you're going to have to work double as hard if that's what you're trying to achieve. 
You're going to have to attack it at all angles, meaning your skill set, your mindset, the whole selling tickets, gaining fans, and performing. So that is not just performing uh, in front of the lights. That's performing in the gym. That's performing when you're uh, on your nutrition and your diet. Like all of those things matter and it's necessary that the promoters see that, that you're marketing yourself to them and that you're considering that you have a long-term plan as well as a short-term plan. Being a champion is a fantastic uh, goal. Some champions are champions by the time they're, you know, in their twenties. So what then? Right. And if you've gone from organization to organization or you're in one organization for a long time, once you're done, you can have these all these great achievements in that organization. But it's also going to be what you did outside of the organization, including what did you do with your time? How did you invest your money? And did you uh, make sure that you tried to either get a piece of the action of your own action? You branded yourself in a way that when the fighting's over. You can get out there and use your brand to market your, to sell yourself a little bit. Um, I would just say that do not be blinded by this sort of, um, machine that is MMA in a way that it forces you to take less money than you're worth, causing other fighters to, um, also miss out if a, super valuable fighter, say like a Jorge Masvidal, Miami's finest, uh, isn't getting paid what he's worth. You should not accept less money for the same fight. I know that you're out there trying to work your way up the ladder, but you're doing yourself a disservice. You're doing, um, your other for the other fighters a disservice. And you really could be helping this situation by asking for what you're worth and only accepting what you're worth. The only way that you're going to move up this ladder and people can unionize and people can make more money is if everybody sticks together. And that's just the bottom line. Boom. <laughs> truth, true stuff. Um, so listen, if you're, if you're fighting and you're starting out again, make sure you're out there working on your skills. Make sure you're filling up those seats with all your friends and family. If you can make sure you're performing when you, when you get in the ring and make sure that you know that the idea is to gain fans. And, um, especially early later, people can, you know, you can decide whether or not pe people can decide whether they love you or they hate you, but early you want people to want to come see you. So, uh, make sure you jump on that. And, uh, why not a little story time? Story time. All right. So, um, a number of years ago I was heavy, heavy training. I was really, you know, I had some ideas about some things I wanted to do. I had been told that if I won, you know, one or two more or one more fight, um, amateur fight, I'd get a shot at, a, at another state title, whatever it was. And man, I trained my ass off. I got booked for a fight. I was, I was going in. Um, yeah, I was going in. So, like a week and a half before the fight, I started feeling ill. Like not the flu, but once a year I used to get real bad bronchitis. Uh, my lungs are kind of jacked up from pneumonia and scarlet fever I had when I was a kid. So I got really sick, but I didn't tell anybody. I just kept training. I started getting ready for the fight. So what I did was I started taking NyQuil at night. Oh no. Yeah. I was taking NyQuil at night. 
And then I was like, all right, that's not really working. So I'm going to take Dayquil in the day and NyQuil at night. And so I did that for a few days while I was training. Still, nobody really, you know, it was sort of the end of the training. So I was able to kind of work my way through it. And I was heavy, like, oh, I was like, I'm going to do, I'm so, I was pushing to do this. So I get to the fight. I don't feel well. Um, I run into the guy that I'm fighting. He looks tall and sort of slim, but he's kind of thick. And I'm like, all right, cool. You know, we do the weigh in. I turn and look at him and he's guzzling like a gallon of water with another gallon behind it. And I was like, oh, he must have cut a lot of weight. So I'm not feeling good. I go through the line. I go sit down with the doctors and they do, uh, they check my blood pressure and it's high. Um, checked it a couple times. He's like, you feeling good? Are you okay? They, you know, asked me a bunch of questions. I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. Whatever. Calls another doctor over. The doctor says, Hey, um, just uh, change the, the machine. So change the machine and it was still, still high, not as high, but still high. And he said, ah, you know, it was just, this thing's been acting wacky. So sign me in. I'm all good. Go to fight the next day. Fight starts. I'm amped up. I get out. I shoot a hard jab, snap this kid's head back. I'm like, it is on. And then my body just stopped working. So I forgot to mention that in that last few days, I had started taking antibiotics along with the Dayquil and NyQuil because I was determined to make it to this fight. Nobody knew when I was in the hotel, I slept, I had my own room. So I was in there coughing and hacking all night. Anyway, flashback forward to the fight, step in the ring, hit him with the jab. I see his head snap back. I'm like, Oh, I got this. He doesn't, he does not really flinch. He just starts going forward and my body doesn't work. I try to throw a punch. My arm just kind of drops. And about three seconds after that, I hit the floor. I don't know what happened. I popped right back up and I start to go to fight him. And the ref jumps in between us. He's like, you okay? I said, yeah, man, I'm, I'm fine. And he's like, okay. And he starts to step back and I go, wait. And he goes, what? I said, what'd he hit me with? And he goes, uh, a spinning back kick. So he had, uh, done actually like a wheel kick and hit me like high cheek right by my temple. It was, oof. it was rough, man. I had a big knot there after it was over. Anyway, so I jumped back up and I think it was to my credit that I jumped up because he didn't really go heavy after that. I mean, he basically clinched me and grappled me and kind of you know, held on because I was swinging for the fences. Um, he ended up winning the fight and I was devastated. I went out back. I like, oh, I was, I was going to quit. I'm calling, you know, calling, telling my friends, sorry, you came to see this. Calling my girl. Oh, I quit. This is it. Um, came back home. So upset. And about a week later, my boy called me and said, Hey man, I'm going to a, a tournament, you know, you know, I'd love for you to come by and if you could help me in the corner and all this. I was like, yeah, man, you got it. And I said, tournament, what is it? And he's like, oh, you, you have to pay. And it's like, uh, it's a bracket. And if you win, you win a, a, you win a belt. It's an IKF belt. I was like, what? I said, how much? He's like 50 bucks or 50, 75. I don't even remember to be honest. So I was like, man, I'm in. I was already in pretty decent shape. I wasn't in great shape because I had slouched around for a week, but I showed up. And when I walked in the door, there was this young dude, probably 20 and huge, like one, probably 198. And I fight at 185. I was, you know, I was still pretty close to that. And, um, I remember thinking, Oh, 
God, I hope I don't have to fight that. I'm, oh no, I said, I remember thinking, I'm glad I don't have to fight that guy because I remember how big he was. And so people are signed up. They're, they're putting the brackets together. And the promoter comes over to me and goes, Hey man, listen, um, I need to talk to you. And then he calls over the other, the big dude that I saw when I walked in and he says, uh, so you guys are the biggest guys here. Um, everybody else has multiple guys in their category and, you know, but you guys are the two biggest guys. So if you agree, we'll make it, a, um, we'll make it like an IKF super fight and you guys can fight for five rounds. <sighs> yeah, man, sign me up. I'm in. I had no idea what I was really getting into, but I realized he is more of, he was more of an MMA sort of guy. He wanted to, he really wanted to rough me up, kind of grab me and wrestle me and, you know, all that stuff. So. I, you know, I don't know if it was because I had just fought, um, right before that, but I was already prepared for that kind of thing. So anyway, I went out and boxed him up. My buddy told me to, to throw, oh, where am I? Where are your kids? Throw some kids. And as soon as I threw a kick, he like rushed me to the, we fought in a cage, by the way, which was also pretty dope. But he, as soon as I threw a kick, he rushed me to the cage, like ran directly at me, knee to the belly. I was like, yeah, I'm not throwing any kicks. So the first round, I boxed him up. Midway through the second round, I'm boxing him up, and I decided to start throwing kicks in. And the rest of the way out, he just did not have the the skill set. He was a strong dude, and if it was MMA and he got to, to grab me and wrestle me and throw me down, I might have been in a lot of trouble. But um, anyway, long story short, I uh, won the fight. I won my, you know, whatever it was, second belt, IKF belt. It was great. And... It was also one of those situations where you realize that you not giving up is the, always the way. It's just always the way. Like some of the experiences that I've had were lessons to me and sort of, I even think like uh, signs to me to continue to doing this because Man, I seriously was like, all right, I'm getting, I'm already getting too old to be, you know, fighting. And like, I started in my mid thirties. I was like, what am I doing? You know, I quit. And then the opportunity popped up and I was like, man, let me just go do this. And it turned out fantastic. And I think that was also, that was a, it really was a sign to me to say, listen, man, you're doing good. You know, you're going to have drawbacks. Um, but you can keep going. You can do this. And, you know, I just want to say that if you're out there and you're attempting something, that you're going to have some drawbacks sometimes. Don't quit. Don't give up. Just keep pushing and opportunities will arise. Uh, chance favors the prepared mind, uh, as they say. So the fact that I had prepared so hard for that fight when I was sick and losing the way I did, I was still, I still had some fire in me. I was upset that I prepared so hard and the opportunity arose and, and it was perfect. It was perfect. So. Don't let anything stop you, baby. You're out here doing it. Keep doing it. I'm so glad to see people are out again. I'm glad people are wearing masks and like just protecting yourself. Um, none of us know the real what's happening out here. So make sure that you're doing that. And that was story time. So let's check in with Jacob, talk about what's going on at the gym and uh, enjoy. What's up? My man Jacob's in the house. What's going on, brother? Good morning. Not much. Happy, happy morning to everybody. <laughs> So what's happening, man? What do you got going on today? 
you know, the I know the top of the podcast you were talking about fighter pay, and I was reading last night how some of the NFL stars and NBA stars are saying they're not going to the, buy the new pay per view because of because the numbers came out statistically about um, how much the NBA pays versus how much the UFC pays their athletes. And I saw I I can't remember off the top of my head, but last night a couple of like the NFL stars said they're not going to buy the pay per views anymore until the UFC agrees to start paying a higher percentage because is the NFL something like 40 to 50% of the revenue goes to the players. Yeah, of course. And, yeah. and the UFC is something like 18 to 20%. So yeah, like with the money that all no, coming in. But there's no revenue share really. And that's why, right? Because the, the, the fighters aren't getting a piece of the fucking, of the money. Of the, right. Of so the, I mean, the only, the only time is if you're on the pay-per-view and you're a champion or you're fighting for the championship, then that's the only time you can get some points. But you, I think if you're if you're even fighting for the championship, I don't think you get or do you get points if you're on the main card. I'm pretty sure it's just the pay per view stuff, like, and maybe maybe a main card, just a like a a main event. But you know, I think the thing that's really telling, if you go back and look at, God, I remember, I don't remember which fighter it was that was trying to to not do it, but when they were making the the UFC video game, and I can't remember which fighter it was, but one of them was like, "Yo, I'm not." doing it. i'm not getting oh i remember i remember you know, yeah and it was, a, it was a bigger name too yeah and that's when you realize that they had um basically signed their whole their likeness away everything so yeah so like you, you have no you there's no you, you're not living off of your name you're not making money off of anything except for what they pay you for fighting and at least right. back then you could get sponsors which now is relegated to what Reebok, a few monster contracts to some people. I mean, there's a few people getting some some things, but not. Yeah, but those are on the side. But that's only, there's only a handful of people who are already at the top who have a couple other sponsors as well because they have some mega sponsors like some supplement companies or whatever. But yeah, for the most part, if you're on, if you're in the roster, you're not. You're just, and it's also they still do the half pay only, so it's a win. Plus yeah, I spoke about show. that. That's kind of crazy, man. Still, that's nuts to me. I think that's. Like I said earlier that I think that when you're starting, I guess maybe early when there wasn't a lot of money and maybe to somehow try to force the fighters to fight harder and to give them incentive. But I mean, those days are so far away from where they are now that it is quite ridiculous that fighters aren't getting just a set amount of money. I agree. And to think that the person that two people walk into a, as a professional walk into a cage and they're not going to try to kill each other. Basically, you know, you don't have to motivate them anymore. They're already there. They've gone through a whole life preparing for this. It's not like you need a motivation of an extra, the half of your pay, which is crazy because, yeah. but I, I, I do I, like the, fact that the other NFL stars and like the other, now that the UFC has that platform on ESPN, all these other major professional leagues are jumping behind the fighters and saying they're not going to buy the pay-per-views. Yeah, so hopefully I mean, also the fighters have to stick together, man. You can't, you know, you have to realize what's in the what's in the best interest for the overall picture, which is like, listen, man, if somebody above you is not taking a fight because of, of money, like at some point you have to realize that's going to be you. Like yeah, you're going to get but... there and you're going to be like, yes, my turn. And you're going to be like, now I'm going to get paid. And they're going to go, nope. And then they're going to reach so down to the guy below you. Somebody who's hungry and who's willing to take it. So they've always banked on that, that model, that – Okay, you're gonna give it to number five, who now wants a title shot. Okay, you know, go for it. Gilbert Burns, I, I don't, I he's not. not. 
that's crazy, man. And I think it was awesome. I just, man, I really wish dudes would just stick together and just be like, yo, man, I, what am I doing? Like, at some point, it's going to be you. Like, so what happens if you get injured and you break your leg or you, you're out for six to eight months or then you're, you know, yeah, they'll probably get you some med- medical, you know, you're, I think they have insurance, right? They'll take care of you in right. that way. But at some point, you have not gotten your value. Your body's deteriorated. And now you can't earn the money you thought you were going to make, right? So in order to earn something close to that, now you just got to fight all the time. You know, these young and up and coming guys that are trying to, you know, get to where you were, they're taking less money now. Like it's, it's this crazy cycle. And it's unfortunate because you can look at other places. Now, I don't know what Bellator is paying, but I do know that you're allowed to go get sponsors, right? And every Bellator fighter has also said that they don't they don't have the win and show bonus. It's not a it's not split. It's not a it's not a if you win and they just get paid and everybody's been happy. A lot of people I mean, all those big names, even like John Wayne Parr, when he was at Bellator, he did those two fights for Bellator. Everybody's gone over and done a version of Bellator kickboxing and everybody's been happy about it. It's the same as I mean, one champion. You know, no, I think Scott Coker has a pretty good name as a as a promoter overall. Right. And I think one championship as well. I mean, I've heard nothing but the things about people getting paid. So, and people being happy. Eddie Alvarez, you know, basically left at the top. He had just lost the championship and he said, you know, I'm going to go over to one. And if they can pay more than the UFC, he was the first really to say, you know, I'm worth more over there. I'm just going to go. Yeah. I don't know know why they, why it's taking this long. I just have to assume that, you know, they, they throw money at it. You know, I believe there was that there was a couple times they tried to start fighters unions, you know, and people start to catch fire. This this person's organizing it. They're not. They're full of crap or this person or whatever. And then you see a couple of big names up there and you're like, oh, I think Donald Cerrone was there for one, you know, right, maybe for a while. He was. But, you know, they offer those guys a little bit more money, a better contract than they're taken care of. And then that all goes away again. Right. But at some point, they they're gonna have to they're gonna have they're gonna need a union like a fighters union or like an Ali Act or something that's gonna make make sure they're taken care of. You know, and and I think with everything that's been going on in the times, and we see how much power a union has, especially let's say with the police union that's going on right now with our current times, where the police union just says, "Oh, you're trying to defund us. We have this much power." Imagine what a fighters union could do. You know, right. at this point, they're really bringing in the leverage for the fighters. Yeah. And I think, you know, the, the boxing model has kind of gone a little bit away. I think the MMA, like the UFC sort of model, all of that's kind of picked up a little bit. But I think where boxing has it right is there they allow uh, people to bid on the fights. Right. On the you know what I mean? Like they allow yeah. the promoters. To, yeah. I think that's the way to go. Competition. Right. You got to you got to have people play, paying for these things and these promoters. Just control over the the thing and be that's it. I don't. I mean, I don't think. I think there should be some sort of competition that way because fighters are getting screwed, man. To be honest, it's a lot to go out there and. What do you think of the? Uh, what do you think of the uh, Joshua? I mean, uh, Fury fight that just got announced. Yeah, you know the. I was super excited. I'm still excited to see the fight, obviously, but. I I caught at the end of that. He said. All I have to do is beat Wilder. Well, I was say, I yeah, was like, he still has to go through his third. Right. He still has like, to go through his really. Wilder I mean, fight. I'm stoked. I'm stoked. But that's not really the what I was. And it's a weird way to make a deal, too, that 
first let me finish this. I have to beat this guy, and then I go, I go on to Joshua. I don't know that Wilder was going to step aside. You know, I, I don't know if they offered him a certain amount. And he said no. I think Tyson Fury said he wouldn't, he wouldn't pay him anything to step aside. So, uh, but he didn't he just have surgery too? Like, I, I don't Great. know. And I, don't is, I feel like this is – And, you know – I feel like we're going to see him in three years when once we missed a prime. Also, you know, I, I think Wilder obviously has, you know, this crazy power and all that stuff. But, man – as much as I like him, I have never heard so many excuses come out of one camp. <laughs> Maybe, uh, oh, fuck, I don't even know, man. That's a lot. It was a lot of excuses, man. A yeah, the vest, the, the headgear, the, the, the suit. Yeah. And I, just recently I heard his, he was, his stuff was spiked. Like, that was the last one that just came out. I, I heard that, and too. I, it's still, the, the excuses are still coming out, which is kind of crazy. Man, you, you got to let that shit go. Like you got to get it. You just got to go train and be ready to fucking fight. Those that's a lot. And almost according to everybody, other than the history books, it's been two nothing. I mean, I know that you're with the draw, but it's it was a two nothing. But now you're adding these things in your mind where you're like, it was this that time, it was that, it was this. So now you're focused on oh man, I can't wear anything too heavy. Oh, I got to make sure I know what I'm drinking. I got it. Like you're adding all this extra stuff that wasn't a thing. Oh, let me look at his gloves. Hey, ref, check his gloves. There's a lot of stuff that you're adding onto, onto your plate and you already have a big enough task, right? It's better he's to already say, lost twice. it's better to say he's just really fucking skilled and I'm going to have to figure out a way to get around that. Right. I'm going to have to either my skill set may not build, but I can set better traps. I can, you know, whatever, prepare for his, for what he's doing in a way that's realistically, they've gone, what, uh, 18, 19 rounds together already. You know, yeah. Deontay should have some sort of, okay, this is what I did the first time, this is what I did the second time, this is how I do it the third time. Yeah, and, and to be honest, they did all those rounds, and Tyson Fury's done nothing but gotten better. And Deontay right? Wilder stayed pretty much, he looked almost the same, and then De- and, and Tyson Fury changed the style for the second fight. Yeah, I don't think that he, that he, I think he was, I don't want to say exposed, that's not like, you know, I think he just, you could, you could it was on display, um, his boxing IQ versus Tyson Fury's boxing IQ. And with the additional 12 rounds from the fight before, Tyson Fury came back and took all of it and just switched it on him. So Yeah. yeah. And he knew I, I don't he was going to do he, he, he talked about it the whole time, right? He, he did, right? He, he basically said it flat out. Yeah. Are you excited I, to see the third one? Am I excited to see the third one? Yeah. Right, yeah, I feel the same way. Just a sigh. All right, like, so I, I, I want to see it, but it's not. I don't think that it's necessary right now. I think the Joshua Fury fight is necessary. I would love to see that this year. Totally necessary. And I think Wilder's – I think Wilder would be best suited to take some time, get his, Listen, get his we surgery. Should over to, we should fly over to the U.K. for 2021 and go to that fight. I mean, if they don't make us have to wait 14 days in the U.S., 14 days over there. So I'm, I'm hoping in two, three years we'll be we'll be past that, so we can just fly over and go watch the fight. Man, I yeah, I would go. I would love to see that. I think if they do it at like Wembley or something, I'd yeah. Yeah, which is what he said. It's going to be like the biggest U.K. pay per view ever. So it's got to be some. Massive That's also fight. why I don't want to see the Fury Wilder fight because we've we've seen this already with the Ruiz Joshua. We've seen the, the biggest fight 
fall apart. Like we've seen it fall apart already. So why do we want to see it fall apart again? Like we, you know, if Wilder beats Fury, it doesn't really still put him against Joshua. Like they already said it's going to be Fury Joshua. So just fucking make it Fury Joshua. Like why add the fact that what if, what if, if Fury loses and then I know, now well, I'm, I'm, sure that I'm one, I want the fight. Like, it just, I, I don't know, man. And there's probably a contract that says that if he wins, he can get one more, you know. Yeah, it's a lot, man. It's a lot. I'd rather just see, you know, Joshua Fury and then whoever wins, Wilder fights them. I'd rather rather be like I'll, that. I'd take that too in a heartbeat. Um, so I was looking around on Instagram and – I'm checking out everybody's gyms, right? And in comparison to ours and just in general. And I saw some people that were open last week, you know, the week before last where they relaxed restrictions around and they were already full on, you know, classes, you know, people training hard. And then I saw some people that were super limited, boxed off, you know, so what Uh, I I mean, I think, I think what we did, you know, I think everybody has to do what they feel comfortable with in this time. I, I feel like our government, especially within Florida, just said, you guys kind of figure it out what you guys feel comfortable with. And we spent, I know that you and I spent countless hours before, during quarantine where we figured out, okay, where do we feel safe opening back up? I still see my parents. You have your daughter. There's a lot of variables that it's, that we're bringing into this. And we're responsible for everybody else that comes to the gym as well. So. I think that the approach that we've taken, which is limiting the classes to six people, two classes a day, it's been something that's been working. We're not really getting too much interaction. People are waiting outside and it kind of gives us more time for everybody to be cleaner, take time to clean the bags, clean themselves, clean the area that they're using, which was, I would hate to say this, but prior to lockdown, something that we were finding to be a little bit of a trouble because we have 12 people in a class Three people don't clean the bags. They just kind of leave. Somebody leaves her sweaty shirt on the floor. It turns into a mess. And I think now it's a lot more controllable. So yeah. I think the foreseeable future, I think we've made the choices for ourselves that are good for us, our school, and our students, you know? Yeah. I mean, I see, you know, I've heard that, uh, what I don't remember what gym it was, but a jiu-jitsu gym, and they were like, yo, you have to pick one partner, and that's your partner for the next month or whatever they did. And I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting as well, you know? And then other places got, like, uh, jiu-jitsu gyms, full jiu-jitsu dummies for every student. Valente Brothers over here by us in North Miami. Uh, I was checking their Instagram a couple days ago, and they, yeah, they, they loaded up with, like, 50 jiu-jitsu dummies. So our class is just, you know, for dummies. And right now we have, for in our gym, I think we're doing a lot of bag work, and I feel like that's going to be – the way that we feel comfortable with when we start doing drills, but with the people who've already been there doing the bag work, right. You know, there's a a safety measure that goes into every step of the way, which makes me feel more comfortable. And I hope it also makes everybody who comes to our gym a lot more comfortable as well. Oh, look at this guy. So sensitive. sensitive. I was, I was super stressed out, but I think the way we're doing it right now is really working. I think booking the classes, knowing who's coming, it's helped me with writing the classes as well. And then I think, you know, over time we'll see, you know, we can add two more people or we can add another hour with six more slots. Or, exactly. You know. I think, I think gi- this you know. gives us the, the option to look at the data 
over the past few weeks. Are we getting full classes? Should we bring in one more? Should we bring in two more? You know, it gives us a little bit of a, a scientific way to look at everything before we make these choices. Just like, oh, fuck it. I think we should just open. And do we just open the, who, how many people are going to show up? Who's showing up? Right. You know, now we have a little well, bit of data. People, there's new people looking, you know, trying to, you know, start with. And, that's start all the time. and that happened all the time during last time when new people would show up during the advanced classes and they, oh, let me try. I can do this. I can do that. And it would turn into a mess. Now I think it's a lot more regulated and which gives us the opportunity to regulate everybody who's coming in, when they're coming in, setting up the time for the new people to come in. We get to meet them, do the introduction on Wednesdays, you know, kind of that. Yeah, man. I'm enjoying it. Yo, brother, what what, what do you got going on? You got to go to work? Is that the deal? I got to go to work. Ah. I got two jobs, everybody. I work at the gym and I got my own jobs. So I'm going to say. Don't listen to this, dude. Um, all right, brother, I'm going to let you go. So I know you got to get ready. Thanks for taking my call this morning and, and watching me drink yeah, out of my dad, my dad cup. You know, um, I'll be at the gym all day. I hope you have a great day. I'll see you later or I mean, tomorrow. I'll call you probably shortly. All right, my brother. Peace. That's the man taking Israel, y'all. Oh, have a good day. Thank you, sir. Peace. That was my man, Jacob Israel, my partner over at uh, Lucky's Muay Thai. I uh, hope you enjoyed the conversation. If you like the podcast, the showcast, um, please subscribe, hit the like button, uh, share with your buddies. Uh, we love y'all, and uh, hope you have a great day.